Welcome to Phenomena. Do, 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 do. Phenomena. Do, 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 do. Phenomena. Women are class. Do we have to get the rights to that now? <laughs> Women are indeed class. <laughs> and if you sue us, sexism. No, that's not funny. Uh, welcome. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, my name is Shauna. I'm Maria. And we are phenomena well we're talking about phenomenon women in irish history that are underwritten and underrepresented so this is episode two thank you for joining us in our first episode we talked about florence newton who was a witch in y'all or child as a witch in y'all and we are keeping on the theme of witches for episode two and maria is going to tell you about the lady in question So I am here to talk to us, to talk to us, (laughs) I'm here to talk to you guys about a lady called Petronella de Meath, who was the first person to be burnt at the stake in Ireland for heresy. Witchcraft was not yet a crime in Ireland in the UK. And she was burnt at the stake in Kilkenny, my hometown, on the 3rd of November, 1324. So I'm just going to jump straight in. Do it. Um... Unfortunately, it's impossible to tell the story of Petronella without also telling the story of her boss, Dame Alice Kittler. This is because despite Petronella's unfortunate claim to fame, we don't actually know much about her outside of her trial and subsequent execution. There's even a lack of consistency over her name, which I have seen published as Petronella of Meath, Petronella de Medea, de Media, um, and a few other versions as well. Okay. Uh, she also appeared to have a child, which I have seen as both Basil and Sarah. Because um, <laughs> obviously they're very similar. Of course. Uh, who I have also seen described as both a son or a daughter. Uh, although most accounts seem to agree that Basil was a girl. So um, just before I jump right into the story, I did a decent amount of research around the story of Petronella. So I'm not going to reference people by name necessarily throughout the podcast but I will put all of my notes into the show notes so that you can see who I got this information from because plagiarism is not cool guys so we know that Petronella was a maidservant to Alice Kittler who was an extremely wealthy merchant woman based in Kilkenny in the 13th and 14th centuries At the time, Kilkenny was a large town dominated by two major buildings, Kilkenny Castle, which was home of the powerful Seneschal, Arnold Le Puer, and St. Canis Cathedral, which would have been the kind of like homestay of the church at the time. Okay. Between 1280 and 1285, Alice seems to have married her first husband, William Outlaw, a successful moneylender and merchant of Kilkenny. When William died, his son with Alice, William Outlaw Uta, took over the business with help from Alice, who appears to have been a shrewd businesswoman. She also loved getting married and married three more times. <laughs> Good for her. I don't know, it seems to have been her downfall in the end. Um, amassing some stepchildren and more dead husbands along the way. This may have been her downfall. Sometime between 1316 and 1324, Kittler married her fourth husband, the knight Sir John Le Puer. He's not really relevant to the stories I'm telling it, but we'll mention it just in case. Each of her marriages further consolidated her wealth, which caused a fractious relationship with her stepchildren, to put it mildly. The early deaths of her husbands meant that she was accused and acquitted of murder and other crimes as early as 1302. 
<laughs> her rights of dower, which is ownership of one third of her husband's estates following their deaths, also brought her into conflict with her stepchildren and their families, and she was forced to go to court on more than one occasion to secure these rights. All told, she had acquired a substantial fortune and landed interest by 1324. And she also used some of this capital to engage in money lending activities. Okay, she's a badass bee. Yep, so like you've got, you know, three dead husbands, bunch of money, some murder trials, you know, all in all, probably the kind of person who might get accused of witchcraft. Possibly, I mean, I can see, <laughs> can see why. Enemies are plenty. Um, so... None of these activities went down well with her stepchildren, who decided to do what any sensible group of wrong children would do when the court system fails them. Accuse her of witchcraft. Naturally. In early in 1324, they approached the Franciscan Bishop of Ossery, Richard Ledred, with their suspicions. Since his arrival in Ireland in 1317 as papal appointee, Ledred had demonstrated a zeal for reform and strict adherence to the laws of the church. In my head, he looks like the baddie out of the Disney version of The Hunchback of Notre Dame. That's so funny because that's exactly really? how I think of him as Of well. course, with a name like Ledred, like... Yeah, he is like, you just see him as like the ultimate baddie. With a cape and do-do-do... <laughs> Following him everywhere. That's it. Gargoyles. Oh, well, because doesn't uh, doesn't he try to burn Esmeralda at the stake in that Disney film as well? Yes, he does, actually. I haven't watched that in a long time. I want to watch that now. I kind of do, too. I remember it being very sad, though. It was dark for a Disney film. It does film. not end well for the hunchback. Anyone. It doesn't end well for anyone. Except mm. for maybe the gargoyles. Doesn't Esmeralda, like essentially say to him like I can't be with you because I have to go be with this handsome guy but she's not happy about it it's a strange film let's watch it maybe sometime if we do international ladies I think Esmeralda is based off of a real person oh really possibly we'll look into it we'll get back to you so now we're gonna go back to Petronella yes via her boss Alice who we're still on not a hunchback not a hunchback um so yeah um, he had a lively fear of sorcery and claimed that his life was in danger from witchcraft, which he listed. Oh, no, sorry, not him. Uh, Ledred's patron, uh, Pope John Twelfth, had a lively fear of sorcery and claimed that his life was in danger from witchcraft, which he listed as heresy in his bull super illus specula, which is a way easier word to say than the last Latin word I had to mm. say. Um, so following a brief investigation, Ledred brought seven charges against Kittler, her son William, uh, Petronella and other associates of theirs. So, I love these. Uh, number one, they were denying Christ and the church. Number two, that they cut up living animals and scattered the pieces at crossroads as offering to a demon called the Son of Art in return for his help. Okay. Three, that they stole the keys of the church and held meetings there at night. <laughs> Four, that in the skull of a robber, they placed the intestines and internal organs of cocks, worms, nails cut from dead bodies, hairs from the buttocks and clothes from boys who had died before being baptised. It's a pretty random list of uh, goodies to go in there. Oh, yeah. But even just that, it's like, you stole the keys to the church <laughs> and held meetings. And also, you put dead people in skulls. It's just... <laughs> You know, making up whatever. Uh, so, sorry, that from the brew of the skull, they made potions to incite people to love, hate, kill, and afflict Christians. 
that Alice herself had a certain demoness incubus by whom she permitted herself to be known carnally, and that he appeared to her as either a cat, a shaggy black dog, or as a black man, Ethopius, from whom she received her wealth. Uh, which I also think is just like super racist, by the way. Oh yeah, or maybe she just had a lover that from a different country or ethnicity that they didn't take too kindly to. Anyway, they were super great. racist. They were, <laughs> these guys weren't good anyway. Um, and finally, that Alice had used sorcery to murder some of her husbands and to infatuate others with the result that they gave all of their possessions to her and her son, William Outlaw, thus impoverishing her stepchildren. Now, to be honest, like, I probably agree with the fact that she murdered her husbands. Mm, Possibly. But sorcery... mm, You know. Anyway, so those are the seven things. Furthermore, they claim that Alice's fourth husband, Sir John, was being poisoned. A description of him in 1324 as emaciated with hairs torn out and body hair removed, all consistent with arsenic poison, lends credence to the latter accusation. Okay. Um, so, like, it's more than me just being like, ah, I think she murdered husbands. It looks like she, she probably, probably did. did. Pro- yeah. Probably did murder husbands. Here's where things start to get complicated. Killer had no intention of going down without a fight and used her substantial connections to get Lodred arrested. He was imprisoned in Kilkenny Castle by Arnold Affair, an extremely powerful friend of Alice's son, William. While in prison, Lidred placed his diocese under interdict. So this meant that no baptisms, marriages or burials could take place in the diocese until the interdict had been lifted. Um, at this time, most people believed in the existence of hell and damnation. So this was like a really bold move on Lidred's part as he was essentially holding the souls of the community hostage. So he did this whilst he was in prison so that he could be left out of prison to lift this ban. Is that it? So essentially, um, he, he started investigating Alice yeah. and was like, accused her of all of this stuff. And Alice is like, nah boy, I'm not dealing with this. <laughs> so Alice's son um, used like his connections with this guy, Arnold Lepuer, to get Ledred arrested. Because if Ledred was arrested, then he couldn't arrest them. Got but it. he was like, I got God on my side. So if you guys uh, want to arrest me, like fine, you can't keep me arrested. But while I'm in prison... Uh, nobody can get married, nobody can have a funeral, nobody can be baptised. So essentially, like, if anything went wrong while he was in prison, these people were damned, damned to, hell. to hell for all eternity. Don't forget, this lady also, like, was owed money by a bunch of these people, so they already didn't love her. Got it. Um, so, like, yeah, it was like, it was a... It was tensions a, were high. Tensions were high. It was a, it was a big move on, on his part to do that kind of I don't like him but like I'm kind of like do you know what that's pretty impressive using God to hold everybody hostage to get to the person you want to get to yeah well it's been done (laughs) many times since but yes so the bishop also gave instructions for the host we brought to him indicating that the body of Christ was also imprisoned and (laughs) bit of a drama queen was Isla Dredd in the meantime William and Lepreur went searching for crimes they could pin on Ledred in the hope of making the witchcraft case disappear. Unfortunately, this didn't work and they were forced to let Ledred go after 18 days. Following this, Ledred was brought to Dublin to answer for placing his diocese under interdict and also for essentially the medieval version of slandering Hitler by calling her a witch. Alas for Hitler, and of course Petronella, who fundamentally this is about, mm-hmm. these cases were both dead ends. 
So by now there's nothing really getting in the way of our incredibly pissed off Ladred getting his revenge on the witches of Kilkenny. He demanded that Alice appeared before him. She wisely refused and fled to England with Petronella's child Basil, never to be heard from again. So where does this leave poor Petronella? Not in the greatest place, to be honest. The bishop had her flogged six times. And under the repeated application of this form of torture, she made the required confession of magical practices. She admitted to the denial of her faith and the sacrificing to Robert, son of art, as well as that she had caused certain women of her acquaintance to appear as if they had goat's horns. Which I just always find like really ridiculous. Anytime I've read back on this, I find this really strange. It's like surely out of all of the things that they've like accused her of. Like, I feel like somebody would notice if there was a bunch of women walking around Kilkenny with goat's horns suddenly. <laughs> Pretty sure that's something uh, that, that you'd spot. Unless everybody was just so upset about this, possibly not getting baptized or <laughs> funerals. You know, they had a lot going on. They just happened to miss the goat horn trend. Or it was just like a really good year for hats in Kilkenny <laughs> that year. <laughs> um, she also confessed that... At the suggestion of Dame Alice, she had frequently consulted demons and had received responses from them, and that she had acted as a medium between her and the said Robert. She declared that although she herself was a mistress of the black art, yet she was nothing in comparison with the dame for whom she had learned all her knowledge, and that there was no one in the world more skillful than she. She also stated that William Outlaw deserved death as much as she, for he was privy to their sorceries and for a year and a day had worn the devil's girdle round his body. I researched what the devil's girdle was and I wasn't able to find a, a, a satisfactory answer. Uh, so I assume it's a girdle that's somehow relinked, linked, relinked to, the, to devil. the devil. The use of torture to extract confessions was legal according to church law, but not according to secular law. According to St. John Seymour in his book Irish Witchcraft and Demonology, to judge from the few witch trials recorded, it may be claimed that the torture as a means of extracting evidence was never used upon witches in Ireland, excepting the treatment of Petronella of Meath by Bishop Ladred, which seems to have been carried out in what may be termed as a purely unofficial manner. Lucky Petronella seems to have been a historical anomaly for all the wrong reasons. Oh my God. Added to this shocking confession was the fact that when rifling Dame Alice's house, there was found a wafer of sacramental bread, having the devil's name stamped thereon instead of Jesus Christ, and a pipe of ointment wherewith she greased a staff upon which she ambled and galloped through thick and thin, when and in what manner she listed. So my understanding of that is that it's essentially a magic broomstick. Can you say that again? A pipe of ointment wherewith she greased a staff upon which she ambled and galloped through thick and thin, when and in what manner she listed. I'm going to go out on a limb and question, could that be lubricant and... uh? Of a pole of it sounds like something she could be buying in the medieval and summers. <laughs> oh man, medieval and summers. <laughs> what kind of nonsense would they have had in a medieval and summers? That's not getting. <laughs> that's not. Let's not go there. Um. Yeah, or just even like animal grease or something like that. Yeah. Just for like she was. Don't forget, like she was a housemaid. Yeah. So like you're gonna have to like have ointments to clean they didn't have sif back then <laughs> no barry scott selling could have just been her oil of ole or her like anything i think it could have been literally anything but unfortunately for her that was enough to condemn her as in her as a heretic she was thereby burnt at the stake in front of the thossil kilkenny town hall on the 3rd of november 1324 
Her death was reported by the Kilkenny Franciscan chronicler John Klein. Petronella de Medea was condemned for sorcery, lot taking and offering sacrifice to demons consigned to the flames and burnt. This is despite the fact that according to historian Bernadette Williams, before Petronella, even in olden days, it was neither seen nor heard that anyone suffered the death penalty for heresy in Ireland. So, like, this woman was burnt at the stake for a crime which didn't exist at the time. So they pivoted it to another crime which wasn't condemned by death. It's just like it all around sucks for her. Also, uh, so Alice Kittler disappears. William Outlaw, Alice's son, do you know what his penance was? What? Like mass twice a day for a year and he had to pay to put, uh, I think he had to feed some poor people oh, and also had to pay to for a, a lead roof to be put on Candace Cathedral. Now that one, all right, fair enough, that's expensive. But like... <laughs> um, compared to being burned at the stake, yeah, it's pretty... Death or mass twice a day. This is why, like, feminism is so important. Because, like, in 1324, a woman got burned at the stake and a man just had to go to mass. Yeah. Um, but, sorry. So, I did go looking for more Petronella-specific facts. And, unfortunately, I just couldn't find them. But the reason why, and I know this was very much about Alice, but the reason why I want to present this as Petronella's story is because Petronella's the woman who suffered the consequences and she gets overlooked constantly, even though she's the one who got executed because Alice is the one that we have the most information about. And Alice had the the money. Alice had the money. But actually... And this is, so one of the things that I did find really interesting was this historian Bernadette Williams makes the argument that like uh, Alice was this huge money lender and like badass businesswoman had like the ears of like really important people. And I think some of the places that I read, like she was like rich, rich. She yeah. was like, she wasn't like comfortable country merchant. She was like, you know, a baller, one of the top, one of the wealthiest people in the entire country at the time. Yeah. And Bernadette Williams makes the argument that, like, if it weren't for Alice's witch trial, we probably would never have heard of her. Mm. Um, and then kind of questions, like, how many rich medieval women were there that we just don't know about because, you know, they weren't linked to something as sensational as this. Yeah. Which I think is kind of a valid point to make. Although, again, Petronella's story, not yeah. Alice. <laughs> And it's, to me, it's just, do you think that it was like, oh, well, we've done this and she's gone now, so we got to pin it on somebody to save face and Petronella got the the broomstick end of the, the deal? Or do you think, like, what do you think about her, them pursuing her? Do you think they genuinely believed that she was a witch? Or do you think it was some kind of cover-up that they couldn't, get the woman that they wanted to so in a kind of retribution they just wanted to pin it on somebody and wash their hands of it um i okay so from what i've read around this to me it very much seems like it was the intersection of where like um religion and like capitalism kind of clashed not even capitalism isn't necessarily the right word, but like on one hand you have like these rich politicians, essentially politicians, 
um, who are like linked to the crown and all this kind of stuff. On the other hand, you have this like upstart bishop who was not popular. He wasn't. He wasn't a well liked man, and you have this group of people who kind of get caught in the middle of it. And I think it's pretty symptomatic of kind of a lot of the stuff that tends to happen in society today. Like the the rich people tend not to be the ones who bear the brunt. For sure. And and I think that that's what it was. I think yeah. that like, yeah, they, they couldn't get Alice. She'd used her money and connections and, and hightailed out of it. They, they couldn't get William. He was he was too powerful. So they, they got had, who they could get. They, they got who they could get. And like, it's it's telling that it's I think there was ten people in total who were accused, and it's telling that the one who actually got like the punishment was the maid, and because there was a mixture of men and women accused as well. Okay. More women were more women were accused than men, um. But like, yeah, it's it's the woman who got accused and it's the maid who got accused, and that's because like in the grand scheme of things, she was lowest on the food chain. Exactly. Poor Petronella, but. It's... <laughs> It's just, yeah, no, it's, uh, it makes me sad. Mm. There was a restaurant in Kilkenny named after her for a while, actually. Okay. So at least she's got, like, a little bit of a legacy. Yeah, and people know about her, I think. Well, hopefully you do now, but I think people in the area know about her. Um, no? Or is she still pretty under some... It's Alice Kittler is who we all learned about growing up. It was okay. only when I started like really researching into it oh, wow. that I discovered about Petronella. Okay. Um so when I did my masters, um when I did my masters, the administrator in the office uh, in the department that I worked in, she's also from Kilkenny and she'd written a book about Alice Kittler. Okay. Um so she lent me the book and it was based on reading this book by Claire Nolan is her name. The book is called The Stone, you should check it out. That was when I kind of started to discover like more about the story. So like Petronella is somebody who's been like super close to my heart for what six years now at this stage. Cool. Yeah. Great. That book sounds really interesting. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And as the podcast goes on, we're going to pick women who like that are underrepresented, undersung. Maybe some names you haven't heard about. And we have a whole host of ladies that we're gonna that we're gonna tell about. Um. Do you have I- anything else to add about Petronella? No, just I think that she had an unfortunate name and an unfortunate life. <laughs> um, and hopefully as we go on, we'll be we'll be dealing with women who are like maybe a little bit more modern. So we'll have slightly more information about them. Yes. Um, but yeah, thanks guys for listening. I have been Maria. <laughs> I am Shauna Leland. And next time we won't talk about witches. We might talk about witches. We'll talk less about witches.